Hi, I'm Tucker Phillips, the Sprocketing host. I was just wondering if I could uh, rank some movies for you. Please go away, okay? I mean, please leave before they see you. Michael, I have a question for you. Yes? As we dive into our talk on all the president's men. Yep. Uh, I've seen a couple movies now about news offices, right? Mm-hmm. So, is the news office you work in a giant room with like 500 desks in it and everybody's doing drugs and angry at each other? Because that's how movies always portray news offices. Um, no. But I okay. also, without doxing myself too much, okay. work at a small town newspaper. Okay. And so, I mean, our newsroom <laughs> is like all of five people. There's probably about three of those left, right? Small town newspaper offices. <laughs> If we're lucky. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Michael, I'm really interested in your thoughts on all the president's men. Yeah. Because uh, it's just uh, this movie is so optimistic about journalism as a profession. It 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 uh, it makes heroes out of journalists in a way. And that's, mm. it's so quaint. <laughs> Remember I mean, when that was a thing. Those movies still exist. They sure do. And they're set in the 40s. Michael, what'd you think of this movie? Actually, they're all set in the same time period. Because for some reason, we can't forget that the Washington Post wrote stories on the Pentagon Papers. <laughs> Woo. Uh, anyway, I love this movie. Okay. I really, really like it. I like it a lot. There's a lot, I think, to like about it. Okay. Um, it does seem overly optimistic. Which maybe maybe it was okay to be optimistic at the time because it definitely yeah. contrasted today in a way. They didn't know. Yeah, but it like yeah. There's there's, I don't know. I I think uh, uh, I can't remember the names of the actors. It was uh, we got Redford, we got Robert Redford, we got Dustin right. Hoffman. There we go. Okay. Ooh, what a team. and yes, and they both do a great job. Um. What's the gist here, Michael? What's the, uh, who are these president's men and why are we dealing with all of them? Yeah. So I'm going to flash you back to the seventies, right? Uh, uh, right. Okay. Okay. Yes, you yeah. know, you know, okay. we're, we're wearing, we're, we've got water beds, we've got polyester. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. disco's a thing contrary okay. to the kids who, who don't like disco, you know? So there was this break in, right? Okay. At the Watergate hotel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hotels are trying. Yep. Because yep. there's the Miami, but yes. Yep. Watergate. <laughs> yep. So the uh, what they what ends up coming out is that there was an attempt to bug the chair of the Democratic National Convention because there was some paranoia about the chances of a Democrat beating Richard Nixon. Okay. Okay. And every eventually it it comes out into the papers that that Nixon's campaign had a hand in this in some way, and mm -hmm. it's enough that he resigns. Because presidents do that sometimes when they're caught okay, doing Michael. something illegal. Keep your, keep your politics out of this podcast, Okay, okay. But, you see, to get to that point, though, <laughs> yeah. someone needed to set it straight, this Watergate. Okay. Thanks, and... Minions 2 trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Appreciate it. That's where we are. So we're following these okay. two journalists as they start to unravel, you know, this Watergate story. Why is there, there are these people connected to the White House appearing and uh, on papers involving these five uh, 
burglars who broke into the Watergate. What's what? What's the catch? Why is there money going from one to the other? What's what's happening? So we get this fly on the wall kind of approach to uh, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein's breaking of the story. Okay, and uh, should probably just mention this is a true story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, which is insane, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, gosh. Yeah, I'm with you, Michael. I love everything about this movie. What'd you think of the two the two leads here? We got different sides, I feel, of the journalism coin in a way. <laughs> right? Uh yeah. You got yep. your Boy Scout, Robert Redford. Yep. You're Robert Redford. <laughs> You've got Bob Woodward, Robert Redford. Yep. Who's, you know, he's he's hungry. He wants to do he wants to he's the straight laced of the two, but he's, you know, he's he's making a name in DC. He's got his contact, this guy from the uh from somewhere in the executive branch who his editor has deemed deep throat deep after throat. a popular 70s adult film <laughs> <laughs> and you've got carl bernstein who you know the editor was talking about firing nine months ago right but here he is and he's also hungry but he's a little more he's a little willing to be <laughs> a little more willing to be aggressive and be more in your face and be more more of a sleazeball yeah, yeah. Yeah. And together to someone. Yeah. And together they break Watergate. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh I just think it really comes through in this movie that these guys there's so much emphasis through this entire movie on the truth, man. Mm-hmm. And I love that the antagonist in this movie is almost their editors for forcing them to get better news coverage of this mm-hmm. story, which I think is awesome. Yeah. It's a cool yeah. dynamic. Cause yeah. they know they need to, but they're like, Oh, but we got it. We got the story. It's not good. Enough. Right. And there's like all of this, this print pressure going on in the background. Like you need to make your deadlines. So there's like phone calls flying at like yeah, 1130 yeah, yeah. at night. You've mm-hmm. got, all this pressure about you need to make sure all your sources are checked. We can't do this anonymous source bullcrap. You need your confirmations on do we put this, where do we put this relative to the story about 31 people dying because of a thing in the Philippines or something? Right, right. You get the the, the editor meetings. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, cool. you're putting together the paper like, what do you, have you got? What do you got from DC desk? What do you got from, <laughs> from, uh, from foreign desk? And it's like this crazy... You got these press pressures going in on it. You get seven columns today. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, which uh, speaking of great acting, I love, 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 love the editor in chief guy. I assume that's his position. The yeah older. I can't. I can't think of his name, but yes, yeah, I know. Robars is the actor. Uh, not the. He's also good. Kind of their uh, their manager or Michael. Explain journalism to me. They have their guy. They kind of. Who kind of grills them all the time? Yeah, so this is going to be different from what I experience where I am now <laughs> sure. because I'm on a smaller so. scale. Well, you've got is like you've got your reporters, right? Yes. Then you've got like your editor above that, who kind of oversees specific beats, specific you know, you know specific areas. Sure. Like at least this is how we had organized our student paper back in college, Ooh. and then after that, you have another guy or or girl who um, kind of oversees the whole operation and 
I imagine once you get to the Washington Post level, there's probably people even above there. And you answer to the one who answers to the other, and right. the other has the final say over what's what. And eventually you have to put this stuff together. You have to weigh things like, you know, what stories are going to sell people on the newspaper? Which ones are important to get in there? What's, are we ready to run this story? Right. These kinds of things come up. Um, So so you're talking about their like their direct editor, the guy who oversees the beat they work on, which sounds like it's the DC beat. No, I'm talking he's really or, good, but I'm talking Yeah, no, no. That was who we were referring to before yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. after. The one you, the one you're referring to is like the executive editor yes. whose name is escaping me. But uh He's awesome. Yeah, he's oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cuz they introduce him as the villain. Yep. Cuz he comes in and he tears him apart and he's like we ain't we're not even running this. And then you come to realize that he is actually helping them break the story the way it needs to break. Yeah. Which is great. Exactly. Everybody is so invested in everything. And I just, I love that in movies. I respect that a lot when they show that people doing their job well is valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's awesome. Yeah. And it gives this movie a really nice pace because they are constantly trying to, you know, not only is there this time pressure, but they just are constantly trying to improve what they're doing. So there's always someone to talk to. There's always a, a lead they need to go follow up with. So you're just mm-hmm. like zipping through this movie. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and I, I think in the shuffle, there's like, but you don't hear, you know, there are stories already being filed as this is going on. Like this is yeah. an ongoing story they're working on. Till they eventually get to this final, you know, this final Enterprise piece. But, uh, or actually, I don't even think they get to a final piece because at the end they show more stories following up until Nixon resigns. Right. But, uh, you, and I don't know how well it does it kind of explaining that. Because it yeah. seems like there'll be jumps to where, oh, now we're following a different lead. We're going to another part of the story. We're going to another angle here. Yeah. And it's not exactly always clear that that's what happened, but that's what happened. <laughs> right, right. They're condensing this a lot, mm-hmm. which is fine. But uh, what did you think, Michael? As a journalist, I'm just going to keep referring to you as a journalist to really drive home the point that I don't know what I'm talking about. What did <laughs> you think of the interview scenes with people? Oh, they were... They all went kind of how I expected them to. <laughs> how so? They felt familiar. There were yeah, a lot of there yeah. was a lot of familiarity. Okay. Um, there was also a bit of like it. It was cool seeing this because it's like there's so much that you know I just don't see in my neck of the woods. Really, doing the whole small town thing. It's like yeah, sure. you're not you know you're not knocking on doors at eleven thirty at night to report on a bake sale. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <laughs> why not, Michael? <laughs> the stories I don't know. I'm not chasing the story. I guess I'm not hungry enough. <laughs> You're not like collaborating with your partner to be like, okay, now you say we know who this is, and they'll be like, no, 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 and then that'll trick them, and then oh, that yeah. okay, that's one of my huge questions is, do you in your job ever use? Hmm, how can I put this? The way they are constantly working around how kind of like the ethics of journalism work. You know what I mean? Where they're like, we won't put you on record, but we need you to confirm or deny this. And then they have all these little games they're playing 
to try to get that confirmation does that like i'm sure that happens but are you is that something you ever have in your bag of tricks michael uh i'm not gonna comment okay that's fair that's probably mm. the right answer to that okay okay but uh i just thought that was really interesting that's fun to yeah watch. yeah Again, you're not going to be playing these cards when you're reporting on the local bake sales. Uh, no. Is that something they teach you in school at all? No. Kind of like, no? Okay. No, and that's and that's maybe that's not a not worth going into on this podcast, but there's there's a large gap between journalism schools and what actually happens in oh, the real world. I would believe it. I would believe Huge it. Huge gap. Yeah. Yeah, like book learning versus street, like doing the yeah. job type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay. But, uh, and I, and I honestly don't know how much I, f- how, what I feel about like the ethics of what's kind of portrayed here. <laughs> sure. Cause there's some, there's some it's roundabout nonsense. There's some, yeah. there's some shit. Yeah. But... <laughs> and it's fun in a movie context. Yeah. But, and I mean, uh, also at the end of the day, I think they kind of established it needed to happen. Because what they end yeah. up finding, everything yeah. they end up reporting winds up being true, and yeah, obviously at the the with the end result being that the, it sinks a presidency, right? As it's important, and that must have been just crazy, uh, yeah. And they portray that well for them to be like, we're taking down this entire operation, but everyone is denying everything. But it's not a what do they say? It's like a not a denial denial. <laughs> it's a non denial. Yeah, it's a yeah. non denial. It's a non not denial. Right. Ah, oh, that tension is great, and they just keep it going the whole, the whole movie. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and they're like these parts where you know, where they're like they're juggling phone calls, <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. and it's like things are starting to come out at that moment, right? right. And yeah, I don't know. And they find and then people start admitting to things without realizing what they're admitting to. It's just, it's so crazy to watch Caught it kind of tape. spin up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I wish I had a better grasp of if that was commonplace back then, or if this was all new. Mm-hmm. Cause, I, mean, I, I feel like it can't be like that anymore. I know in my, to, with what I do today, you're doing so much, like, reaching out to people in advance to set up a time to talk to them, sure. and you're... Sure, sure. You're, you're not, not catching them off guard. Yeah, you can't really play that, those kinds of cards where I'm at because right. it's just so different. It's a small town kind of thing. Everyone knows everybody. You can't really yeah. come out and punching people across the nose. <laughs> no gotcha journalism going on. Oh, it's there. It's just yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's dialed down a little. Maybe. I don't know if that's the, those are the words I would use, but <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's a different environment. <laughs> That said, Very good. Yeah. that said, in this movie where they're like, I don't know, there's this part where they call, uh, I think his name was John Mitchell. Okay. I apologize for not getting the name right. Oh, uh, you're miles ahead of me already. So the the former uh, attorney general who's linked to all of this, who headed Creep. Okay. Um, and he calls him at like 1130 at night to comment on something. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, this is uncomfortable, but it also felt familiar. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I really like when they're, they try to talk to that lady on her doorstep, and she kind of turns away, and then they're driving around. And I don't know, for some reason, I just really love that they're like, well, we just got to go back. 
and then just go back and try to talk to her again. But then somebody got to her. Mm-hmm. In between, man, somebody's always getting to somebody in this movie. But then, Ooh. but then, <laughs> yeah, Carl goes back again <laughs> and drinks like twenty cups of coffee. And then they go back again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> As yep. the two of them. And he's just always like, "Can I just? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna grab a tissue." Yeah. 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 yeah can yeah. I? Can I? You have a match? Um, I'm gonna grab a cigarette. Is that a cigarette? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and I love all the like Robert Redford going into the theater and then coming right back out, so no one's tailing him, and he switches cabs. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. That's just cool. Ooh. Yeah. Spy yep. jinx. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he can meet his his uh deep throat. His contact deep throat. Oh, and that's all staged so cool. Yeah, where the the shots too inside that that parking garage where you get yeah. like the light cast against the, mm-hmm. the different pillars in a way so it's like half white lit up half dark and it's awesome. Every and everything's obscured. You don't see you never see deep throat. You see the the cigarette or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I uh, love the way this movie is shot. There, yeah. If we're going to be talking about shots. Yes. And this this is what kind of stuck out to me today while I was thinking about this movie was that uh they they had a a vision for this movie, like a a certain there there was a certain ambition to the way it was shot that probably didn't need to happen, but they did it yeah. anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's there's this they're they're in the library for that one shot and it's uh-huh. like sinking up into the ceiling mm-hmm. and you've got like mm-hmm. that geometric library floor. Yes. There are other there are so many times where there are also these like close ups of like Bob Woodward at his desk and things going on in the background. Yes. The split focus oh. stuff. Yeah. So or they do the cool. reverse of that where he's in the background and you're like focus the focus is on the television. And they're reporting at Nixon's, like, inauguration or something. It's so good. There's always, like, two things happening in every shot. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. Uh, There's the one where Dustin Hoffman is talking through the, the, uh, what would would you call it, the handrail for the stairs. Mm -hmm. And it's like a JSL-looking thing on both sides. And then he, like, steps, or she steps out of it because she's going to come talk to him. Ooh. It's like, yeah, and there's so much of this where it's like, you know, if I wanted to make a, even a good movie about, you know, the the Watergate story, you don't necessarily need to go, like, you don't need to have that kind of ambition behind a camera, but they did. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they went for making this movie that way, and it's so cool to me that they did. Because you get to, like, a lot, especially with a lot of the stuff with Bob Woodward at the desk. Yeah. Like, you get that like that close up shot when he's juggling phone calls with the uh, one donor and he, he's just like frantically switching between the typewriter, the phone line, someone's talking to him in the background yep. and it's just close up on his face. You get like a sense of that, you know, intensity and that kind of, you know, that, that, that sense of like, if you're in that position, you know, your, your heart is pounding, your brain's working at some kind of like, yeah extra velocity while you're trying to connect everything while you still can (laughs) while that window's there and it's so it does such a good job of capturing that yeah and so much of the camera work i think is a part of that yeah it's good man it's good this movie's fantastic i loved it so much do you think hmm 
kind of what you were talking about where they kind of go the extra mile do you think i almost my perspective on it is almost like maybe people wouldn't be into that these days because we expect if you're going to make a movie like this that it would be less filmic and maybe more uh like it's got to be real type of thing you know what i'm saying like uh this is like a movie this is like they set out to make a movie type of thing which is cool but i feel like maybe i'm speaking from like 10 years ago where it was like zero dark 30 or something and it's like we gotta it's so realistic Mm -hmm. because it's a real thing right but you see i think in this case that realism doesn't isn't lost necessarily Okay. okay yes um and at least yeah. it's at least it seems every bit as real as something like Zero Dark Thirty. Sure. Which I um, haven't seen for the record, but that was yeah. just the movie that came to my head. Yeah. But like and at the same time you could still, you know, do something historic like some kind of more historic historical film or something based in reality and still be creative with it. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I mean I can having seen, say, Spotlight. Yes. It feels so. It it feels juxtaposed against this film, right? In part because this film felt like it did take these steps to also build up some of that tension and drama that doesn't feel like it necessarily exists in Spotlight, even if Spotlight is a fine movie. Right. Right. Like it feels like there's two different ballparks here, and I don't. I don't know exactly what I wanted to say with that. No, I get you. Just yeah. that that. I don't know if the realism is necessarily lost because they went for the filmic route, but that it feels as though something is lost in these, I think in some of these newer journalism movies by being so focused on just trying to tell a run of the mill, well-acted, well-written dramatic story that is still at the same time, you know, pretty straight laced. Right. It doesn't feel like it's taking the risk that maybe all the president's men tried to take with its presentation. I agree, Michael. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have Mark Ruffalo back then, so they didn't. And Mark Ruffalo helps that movie a lot. Let me tell you what. <laughs> He's like, probably seen this movie a time or two. I would say, based on I the imagine this I've is seen. like. Well, I mean, I imagine this is like one of those things where oh, you're gonna work on, you're working on the post, Mister Hanks. We need you to watch all the President's Men. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I would hope so. I guess. Well, because I feel like, I, honestly, Woodward, the the uh, Hoffman's and uh, Redford's yeah. reporters, ah, but they're a little dramatized. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, yeah, they're, they're, they're that's a Hollywood. Those are Hollywood journalists. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. like their character traits split yeah. into two, right? But they sell it well. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the dialogue really helps because it's it feels natural. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's there's not a lot of scenes of them acting, you know, like capital A acting in this movie. I feel like right, uh, right. Redford has a pretty obvious one. His last deep throat meeting, I feel like, is kind of over dramatic, but yeah, I get you. Yeah, but other than that, I think it's pretty believable. So yeah, yeah. God, good movie. Good movie. Though. Yeah, very good movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, are are we good? I don't know. If you have some notes, I'm I'm happy to hear them. Or if you have anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I've, I guess I've got some notes and stuff like that. There's okay. so 
there there are moments where they're like they're queuing up on where on you know this this burglary being a little more than a burglar burglary yeah where you know woodward is jumping between lawyers trying to figure out why they have this expensive counsel now representing them and it's like you know for burglars it's unusual i thought that was a great line Mm -hmm. i liked it a lot Mm -hmm. i wrote it down and that whole sequence too just felt kind of familiar because it's like, oh, it's a weekend. We need something to fill. Go, go see what these burglars are doing. <laughs> right. right. But uh, um, there's this line about you can dial the White House directly, can't you? Yeah. And yeah. I wrote that down because I thought that was insane. Yeah. It's like White it's like, House. No, you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to talk to this specific guy in the White House, please. Sure. And then there are like the little annotations, like. W house or W H. <laughs> he has notes. His yeah. Nightmare notes that I. Well, there is his nightmare note. Yeah, yeah, but there are also references to things that are like popping up in the. I guess I, I don't know. I remember exactly if it was the filings or not for these these oh, guys. Okay. Okay. But it's like W house and W H, and it's like ooh, <laughs> I don't know if it'd be that obvious or not, but okay. Okay. Sure. Um, but I I liked it. I liked that he was doodling in his notebook like drawing out what he thought this this hunt guy looked like yeah and that felt relatable because i I doodle in my journalism notebook um that's what the pros do man you've seen yeah i wrote down the top down shot of the library there's this long shot of the dc opera house it's really cool yeah you have any notes written down while i peruse Uh, here not really uh i really 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 like the ending I think that yeah. whole sequence is awesome. Oh, of, yeah. Uh, the TV kind of juxtaposed against them just working their butts off. And yeah. Then, and then you get the cool... Uh, do you know specifically what that machine would be where it's kind of like auto-typewriting the the stories? No, I don't. I don't know My, this, this yeah. era of <laughs> news technology, I guess, but um, just the copy machines are all going with all the headlines. Um it made me really want to dig into like maybe read the book or something because mm-hmm. I really, even after seeing the movie, I'm just not good with like historical making it work in my brain. So I'd like to learn yeah. more about it. Yeah. Um, I agree. Actually, I would like to read the book as well, but uh, there's this exchange between, um, between Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward where one says you're paranoid and I think, and I think it was Bernstein's reply that she's afraid of of John Mitchell, who is the former AG, who's behind a lot of this. And you're afraid of Walter Cronkite because his. I think it was Woodward's fear that they'd be scooped. Oh, okay, yeah. The entire time, um, which leads up to a lot of like this juxtaposition between print journalism as being like this place where the truth is like mind out of the world and it's like this harder place yeah and then the tv journalism where it's just like people there it's a lot of just like showing what's happening at like that very surface level like you have nixon's inauguration while they're they're revealing all of this while they're digging up all of this dirt on yeah on uh the committee to reelect the president and the watergate break-in they do that a lot in this movie yeah yeah I think it's like they're trying to say something. <laughs> yeah. Can you think of a good movie about like uh, the same vibe but for TV journalism? Off the top of my head, no, but that doesn't mean it's not there. 
Yeah. It just means I'm not thinking yeah. about it. I just feel like when we talk about journalism movies, it's always newspapers. Yeah. There's a lot of love for the newsroom show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I never actually sat down to watch it. Yeah. I like, there's this, like, revelation of the word rat fucking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is just delightful because we use that today still. <laughs> That's good to uh, know. Yeah. Um, there was, what is it? I can't do the reporting. I can't do reporting for my reporters, so I have to trust them, and I hate trusting anybody. Mm-hmm. The uh, executive yep. um, ed- editor. Drops the mic, walks out of the room. Yeah. It God, felt like one of those lines that were clearly like a movie line, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I liked it. It's okay to like movies, Michael. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And then his line, fuck it, we stay by the boys. Yeah. When he's like, when he swings over to their side. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. And there's that scene, there's that scene where they're worried about being bugged. Oh, so they're yeah. talking to each other through the typewriter. Yes. I like that a lot too. Yes. Oh my god, so cool. Paranoia is cool. And I thought the yeah, I guess we had talked about the ending scene, but I thought it was beautiful the way they ended it with Nixon's inauguration as uh Bob and Carl are typing in the corner. Yeah. With the ending being like that montage of different headlines that comes out eventually getting to uh Nixon's uh resignation. This would have been uh, like this movie would have come out shortly, like generally speaking, fairly shortly after all that, right? It would have been immediately after. Yeah, that's crazy. This would be like if in 2021 we get a Trump, uh, a, a Trump impeachment movie. <laughs> a much more depressing movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, it, it would it would be that kind of equivalent. That's how fresh right. after Watergate that film was. Okay. Which Could is you... insane, I think, to think about. <laughs> Who would you get to play your Robert Redford character that we don't have in real life, apparently? But, uh. No, I mean, Bob Woodward was writing about the Trump administration through all this. Oh, weird. Isn't that weird? I think that's weird. I don't know what Carl Bernstein's up to or if he's even still around, but Woodward, he wrote one of the big Trump revelation books. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense, I guess. There's a there's a cosmic uh, balance at work there. I feel. Yeah. Journalism. Fear Trump in the White House 2018. Nice. <laughs> Snappy. Fresh. Yeah. So he's still out there kicking. I don't know about Bernstein. Either way, good movie. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. You yes. wanna we wanna get to uh... yes. Yes. Uh, rink in this bad boy, unless you have some other notes or any other uh, closing thoughts? Um, I think this is an important film that people should watch. I... Okay. And I also think it's good. I think it's the best journalism movie I've seen so far. Nice. Um, but dude, my roof alone, he's like, they knew, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like you it? See, you see, Mark Ruffalo does that, like, reporter face. He does. He's like... Injustice, you guys! It's staring us in the face. <laughs> you know, uh, that yeah. was a terrible Mark Ruffalo. Holy crap! Yeah, you should. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, no, I, 
I like this movie a lot. I think it was a very, very, I think it's my favorite presentation of journalism on film so far, even okay. if it's a little dramatized. Yeah. I do think there's some dramatization there, especially with a lot of the deep throat stuff. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh-huh. It's like a noir movie all of a sudden. Yeah. This is probably not how this went, but okay. <laughs> it's it's cool. going to start talking like this. <laughs> yeah. You see? Yeah. For all the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, money on the door. Yeah. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, I like that a lot. I think it's a really cool presentation of all that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, Redford and Hoffman make a very good pair. I think that's important, an important part of the film. I think they kind of sell it. I don't think it would have been as strong of a film if they had any other actors of like a lesser caliber True. or without the same kind of chops. Um, I don't know. It's just well cast. It's well filmed. It's well told. I like it a lot. Seems like you're okay with this movie, Michael. Yes, yes, I'm okay, okay with this movies. Okay, well, it's gonna go up against the Polar Express in the Sprocket list. This is our list of every movie from best to worst. But I'm gonna start at the bottom with the worst and work my way up for suspense reasons. The worst movie of all time is The Pacifier, <laughs> followed by The Incredible Hulk, The Polar Express, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Hard Target, The Secret of Nim, Iron Man, The Matrix, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Witch, Raw, and at the top of the list, Mad Max, Fury Road. Michael, where are we putting all the President's Men? So I have a spot in mind, but I was wondering okay. where you're aiming right now. I think it would either go at the top or below Mad Max for me. I could see the argument either way. Okay. So for me, it's above Raw and below Mad Max. Okay. Because I think Mad Max is like... I still think of that movie as like, this is what filmmakers should aspire to. <laughs> yeah this okay. kind of like okay. perfect a lot of these like perfect checkoff gun checkoffs guns a lot of these perfect shots yes. perfect visuals perfect writing perfect just like a vision acting. made into a movie yeah yeah it is it is to me if i was to sit down and say give me a list of like five almost perfect movies okay it, it would be pretty damn close to the top of that list Okay. So I have a hard time putting something above it. Not that I wouldn't, but it's Yeah. Okay. But so to me it would be Mad Max, then under Mad Max, all the president's men and then Raw. That sounds good to me, sir. That sounds all good. Alright. Okay. So we'll we've got it. our second best movie of all time. I'm not gonna try to type that out right now, but that's where it's gonna go, is right there, that blank space where I write your name, Michael. Okay. And uh, uh, I just read the list, but I'll read it one more time. Uh, the Pacifier, The Incredible Hulk, Polar Express, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Wars, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Hard Target, The Secret of Nim, Iron Man, The Matrix, Crouching Tiger, Nightmare Before Christmas, The Witch, Raw, All the President's Men, and Mad Max Fury Road is still the best movie of all time, but we're doing Sonic soon, so yeah. who knows what'll happen, 